Hello, and welcome to the Pain in the Tech is podcast. I'm your host, Nick Sheevy. Hi, and I'm Jeff Trocchio. And this is going to be a pretty long episode this week, I think. There's a lot to go through. Uh, Mobile World Mobile World Congress started today. Uh, today is Monday. We're recording to Monday late. Hopefully the episode will post later tonight. Um, press day at Mobile World Congress was yesterday, though, and there was a lot to talk about. So Yeah, so strap in. So strap in. And then we have uh, some other news that came out l- last week um, regarding computer chips. So this is going to be a pretty nerdy episode. Um, yeah, we'll, tr- we'll try to try to dumb it down where we can um but some things may be a little bit technical so you know again feel free to ask about stuff if you need to yeah we could do a whole episode about the the improvements in 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 clock speed exactly uh right so mobile world congress um nokia brought back the 3310 which is one of their uh feature phones, dumb phones, from 20 years ago. Uh, I mean, it is. And they, it's a nice little uh, bar of soap with just nine, uh, you know, uh, ten, 10 keys on the front for dialing a phone number. It only has um, a 2G, 2G radios in it, so you can only make phone calls and um do, do text messages technically you can get on the web um but you're not going to go very far with it they are pricing it at about $50 US uh any thoughts Jeff on this it brings me so far back into my history of not having a cell phone at this time but knowing all my friends had this one <laughs> and the fact of the matter is the standby time is 31 days. So you could put it in your drawer and forget that you even have it and then go, oh, yeah, and it'll still have battery and you can make a telephone call. This is true. My only concern when it comes to the fact that it's going to be using... T- t- it has two bands. It's GSM 900 and GSM 1800, and that's it. Um, so you're going to have limited coverage in general if you're i mean and my really my biggest concern is companies are starting to decommission these networks so i understand that this is supposed to be a retro phone and you know the whole point of it is to be a throwback but and it's only 50 bucks but uh how long do we think it's gonna actually be good for something I, I really think that because it's, <clears throat> you have to think that this is MWC, so it's World Congress, it's held in Barcelona. They list the price in euros first, so you're going to expect that it's going to be more popular in Europe than anywhere else, really. That's true. I mean, I kind of want one, but I honestly don't know what I'd do. Maybe just use it when I go on vacation or something, because, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but when I go on vacation, I don't really need to be connected to the internet anyway. Or at least I don't want to be. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, we become connected, but we may not want to be. Yeah. Um, 
One of the big things at uh, MWC was uh, the LG G6 was announced. Um, it They did away with the mods of the LG G5. Uh, you may not have even realized that the LG G5 had uh, mods that they called. It was the bottom came off and you could stick things onto it. Uh, nobody bought that phone. Uh, you don't have any friends that owned it and... You didn't see commercials for it. It didn't sell anywhere, so there's a reason that they got rid of it. Um, it has no removable battery. They gave it water resistance. It has wireless charging and dual cameras. So essentially, it is an iPhone. Um, it is an iPhone, other than the fact that it's an 18 to 9 aspect. So it's twice as tall as it is wide, so it's easier to one-hand it um, for typing and such. So that makes it kind of cool. What is the size of the screen? Uh, twenty-eight eighty by fourteen forty. Is that two K? Uh, it's not a size, I don't think. Okay. It's um, a five point seven inch LCD. There you go. So it's essentially six inches. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's what I. I'm not really into the big phone thing anymore. I went with the small pixel this time around, but I know that there's a market for it. I think that it probably will do a lot better than the LG G5. That's not setting the bar very high, but that's something LG can use a win. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, and then there was the BlackBerry Key 1, which yep. I think is pretty exciting, actually. You know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go way back here for a second, and I'm going to... Um, maybe even introduce a phone to you that you didn't know existed. It was called the Droid Pro. I did know yeah. that phone existed. Okay. I considered had, buying it. It had a keyboard. It was awesome other than the fact that it never was updated. They they released it and they sold like four and they were like, okay, see you later. Yeah, but so, it was a Motorola that ran gingerbread. Correct. And it was like amazing to have that keyboard and I'm pretty excited I mean, realistically, you have a BlackBerry because of the keyboard. There's no other reason to have it. And the stuff that they're doing with the keyboard, it looks like, is pretty cool. They have, uh, it's touch sensitive, so you can, like, swipe on, I mean, um, not touch sensitive, but um, motion sensitive, so you can swipe on it to, like, go back and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, pretty cool. Yeah, it's a 4.5 inch 3x2 screen. Um, it has a convenience key on it, which I don't know if that's a feature of the old blackberry phones um i feel like it might be there's a button that you can program on the keyboard that when you hold it down it goes to your selected app i thought that was really cool um you know bbm and all of the other uh blackberry features that you would expect as well as a pretty decent price tag it's coming in at 549 dollars well considering the their last one, which was, I don't even remember what it was called now. The Priv. Um, but the Priv was like 850 or something. Yeah, it was way overpriced. And nobody bought it. Nope. But hopefully they're, they're working with TCL, so hopefully that'll, uh, that'll work out. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have to imagine it's probably lower quality parts. Um, but, you know... I, I really I really want to take a look at it. If if nothing else, I've already emailed my Verizon rep to try and get my hands on one. So yep. we'll see. Nice. Um, 
the Moto G5 and G5 Plus um, are hideous, but they exist. <laughs> they are... They really... They're both... See, okay, and the plus does not indicate a plus in size, but a plus in slightly better specs. So right. they're both 5.2-inch screens, um, and I honestly couldn't figure out what the difference was in the specs because they're selling the Moto G5 is has different specs depending on what market it's coming out in, and... Honestly, it's uh well it comes with um a removable battery which is fun for some people. Uh no NFC and it's probably not going to come out in the US. Uh no. The G5 Plus will be out in the US. Oh, the G5 Plus will be out in the US. Okay. And that's the only one that will be like so you can only get the G5 Plus in the United States. All right. Um I guess that's cool. Um, well, you know, when you come from the original G, which I had, which was an amazing phone and so much fun and, you know, like was just exactly what you bought it for, $100 of just working Android phone and now they're doing all kinds of silly stuff. Yeah, I had the I had the Moto G also. I, that was a nifty little phone. Yep. Um... Skipping over a couple of things, the Galaxy Book is a Windows 10 tablet, so not a book. It comes in 10 and 12-inch 12, 12 variants. It's supposed to compete with the Surface Book, or Surface Pro, I guess. Um, and then the HP Pro X2 612G2, which I told you about in the pre-show, it's got a name so long i don't know it doesn't fit on the spec sheet yeah i don't uh, even i don't even know who makes it still <laughs> as i said it's an hp pro <laughs> x2 612 g2 uh i don't know how you forget that uh it's, it's a, another windows 10 tablet high-end specs 12 inches with a fold-out stand once again competing with the surface pro which is a good computer in its own right i for work have a um a surface book i yep. really like it um the nokia three five and six so i noticed that of course i i opened an article to read and then i got backed up so hmd global which licensed the rights to produce Nokia phones from Microsoft after they decided that they didn't want to do anything with them anymore. After they wrote it off as a loss. Yeah, basically. Um, so, going to be pure Android launching with Nougat. Um, it's going to have the... It's going to be 356... The 6 is a 5.5-inch display, 3 gigs of RAM, 32 gigs of storage, and the Qualcomm Snapdragon 430. So nowhere near, like, top of the line at all, but I think they're just doing, you know, they're just getting back in the in the business here. Um, the 5 is a 5.2-inch display, 2 gigs of RAM, 16 storage, 
with uh, 430 as well. Um, and the 3 is a 5-inch display, 2 gigs of RAM, 16 gigs of storage, and an MTK 6737 quad-core processor, um, which I believe is a Chinese company um, that also makes uh, processors to for mobile phones. I believe ZTE used to use them or still do. Um, so yeah, so they range from uh, $147 to $315. On the whole, very uninterested. Yeah, they're just they're just plain looking things, you know? And I mean, I like the design of the Lumia phones. Um, but it's not even that. It's just they're aggressively mid-range and there's really not a whole lot of selling point to them. You know what's you know what's a great phrase is aggressively mid-range. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, moving on, there we got the more Moto mods. Um, Motorola slash Lenovo is not giving up on modifying your smartphone on the Moto Z. They came out with a gamepad uh, Moto mod, which honestly kind of looked kind of cool it's not going to make me want to buy a moto z but it looked cool um and then a tablet dock concept i don't know if you saw that no i didn't see that uh they kind of want they want you to do the throwback days of the atrix where you plug your phone into a display and turn it into a computer ah and what you said um there was a moto mod involving alexa what was that about yes <clears throat> it says and it's i'm gonna read directly from the verge here so props to you sir uh at its mobile world congress keynote amazon's director of alexa voice service john kirk announced that it would partner with motorola to create a speaker moto mod that essentially turns your phone into a portable amazon echo okay but you have Google. Um, uh, that's obviously pretty rude to Amazon there, sir. I'm just I Look, I have an Echo <laughs> on my desk. I'm pretty sure she's made an appearance on this show once or twice. I'm not I, knocking... I believe, I believe she has. I'm not knocking Alexa. I'm just saying, I don't need two personal assistants on the same phone. That seems excessive. Yes, but when you're out and about and you see something that you need that you that might be on Amazon, you want to pick it up, you know? And I am far too lazy <laughs> to go into the Amazon app and buy it. That would be absurd. I need to just talk. I say, Alexa, buy me this thing. I had to mute her first or else we'd get it. <laughs> can you imagine? You're just walking down the street and you're like, uh, Alexa, uh, single click payment on this thing, please. Thank you. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Um, and then late last night, uh, from Sony, they announced the Xperia XZ Premium, which is premium. It's gonna have a Snapdragon Snapdragon 835 octa-core processor. Uh, it's, it's easy, easy that, for you to say. You would think. Um. <laughs> It's four gigabytes of RAM, 32 
3,230 milliamp hour battery, a 4K display, and but what was the big the big se uh, seller on this one, or at least according to them, it's a 19 megapixel camera on the back with uh, six 960 frame per second video recording in 4K, which they're selling as uh, super slow mo video they're saying that it picks up things that can't even be seen by the human eye which i mean that's cool um i mean and and it looks like they're finally putting the technology that they use in their uh sony cameras into the cameras on their smartphones because up until now the cameras on sony's smartphones had been atrocious and it's good to see that they're they're finally trying. Yeah, it's got it's got uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's got a laser autofocus, uh, white balance on the fly, so pretty cool. That is wow, well, that is really cool. In select markets, it'll have a fingerprint s sensor, which means they won't have a fingerprint sensor when it comes to the U.S., which means they won't sell any in the U.S. But <laughs> it's a moot point because it is rumored to come in at nine hundred dollars, so they weren't going to sell any anyway. Wow. Um, I mean, it may be harsh, but nine hundred dollars is—it's way more than. Even the iPhones and the Samsung Galaxies of the world, and to be honest with you, those pretty much set the bar for what is acceptable. Yeah, considering they have like the latest and greatest chip in there, which doesn't always necessarily mean um, good. Um, can mean trouble for any t any number of things like heat and uh, crashing and. Note seven, uh, type of things. The, it's also uh, wa water resistant rated, so but it also has uh, micro SD storage expandability, which I thought was going away for a while, but s seemingly uh, companies are putting them put uh, putting SD slots back in. Well, I mean, they put native um, support for it into what was it, Marshmallow? And we thought everybody was going to bring them back because Google finally threw in the towel and said, fine, we'll do adoptable storage. And then everyone pretty much killed off the rest of the, <laughs> the SD cards. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. Um, was there anything else that you saw? Um, for that, no. Um, I was just, I was pretty interested in the, uh, the LG... Uh, G6 with the width to height ratio was pretty cool. Um, I had that down in my notes because uh, I don't know. That's that's something different that I don't think anybody's done yet. Because you know, when you build a phone, you want a big wide screen, and people don't think about trying to one hand a phone, and it's you know three and a half inches across, and all kinds of different people have different size hands. So um, definitely one handing a phone is much easier than. You know, having to have two hands available all the time. It's true. Um, but other than that, I mean, just find it funny that these phone providers are... I mean, we just caught up with chip cards in for credit cards and ATM cards, and now they're still shipping phones without NFC. I don't, I don't understand. I mean, it, the G5 
five is a mid range mid range phone. Um, it does surprise me that they would go without the NFC. It's I can't imagine that it adds that much cost, but I feel like it is mildly excusable. Yeah, I know, but it's it's just one of those things, you know. We're so around, around these parts, we're we're very slow to adopt things that I feel like would be good. And I mean, NFC is pretty pretty straightforward. You just tap and pay, and off you go. Like, why are we not? Yeah, and I use it more and more every day. Uh, yeah. I find myself using my phone to pay. As much as I can, really. I mean, most places are accepting the chip and signature now, which is good. Um, I prefer chip and pin, but we get we, we're America. We have to be different for some reason. Um, Look, don't get me started on the chip thing. We're not. This is a subject for another day. Yes. Um, that could be a whole episode, really. <laughs> yep. Um, Huawei had the P10 they announced. Um, it's an iPhone, but what else can you tell us about it? Ugh. Um, I don't know. Other than the fact that it looks like an iPhone. The, uh, it uses its own processors, um, to power the phone. So that's kind of, uh, different. that. That is different. Um, you don't usually see anything really apart from MediaTek and Qualcomm. So seeing something that's manufactured in-house by Huawei, that's interesting. Yep. Um, they both, both the versions have micro SD expandability. Um, the P10 Plus has a 3750 milliamp hour battery. Um, you know, but that all depends on how the processor works with it, how long you're going to get your battery life out of that. So hard to say whether that's good or bad. Um, but yeah, so it, I don't know. It's got funny color names and really, I don't know. That's that's about it. I mean, I'm looking at a couple of pictures of the backside of it and it looks like 3,000 people have touched it. It's pretty weird that they use such a fingerprint non-resistant material. Is this in the press photo? Yeah. That's sad. Um, it does use a Leica lens, so which I believe is Panasonic. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, again, and not to knock Huawei, I mean, they certainly seem to be trying harder now with... Uh, at least the their version of Android is now a lot more westernized than it used to be. Uh, for those who are listening who don't know, Huawei is a Chinese company, and typically Chinese variants of Android, A, don't come with the Google Play Store because um, Google and China don't get along very well. And so... In part because of that, and in part because the market there is just different, and a third part because uh, U.S. companies don't really stand much of a chance when it comes to patent lawsuits in China, um, 
the the Android operating system is reworked to look a lot like an iPhone on most Chinese handsets. And you can argue as to whether that's a good or a bad thing, but a lot of times people buy Android phones to get a different experience than on the iPhone. I mean, if you want an iPhone, you buy an iPhone. Um, so it's good to see Huawei making their Android OS that they sell with the Google Play Store in the West a lot more marketable in the West. Exactly. Because, uh, like we always say, competition is good. And, uh, you know, this is going to this is going to drive not only them, but other companies to be better if they can come up with a phone that's, um, you know, in between a mid-range and a high-end phone that meets a price mark and people are excited about it, then they're going to take some sales away from other people that, you know, they're going to have to fight to get back. So, yep. Speaking of competition, dun, dun, dun. let's switch gears a little bit and talk about Ryzen, which uh, is a new generation of chipsets that was introduced by AMD this week. They introduced the 1700, 1700X, and 1800X chipsets. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us about all of the stuff that happened this week with regards to those things, Jeff? So um, I'm going to start with a little bit of like a, just, a, just a snippet of history um, with AMD they started their life basically buying Intel chips and taking them apart to figure out how to make their own. And so they pretty much have come from nothing. They didn't really have anything because they had to buy something that the competitor made to figure out how they were going to build theirs. Um, so it's just been... Uh, years of practice and trying and execution to even make some sort of dent in the stronghold that is uh, Intel. Uh, there have been uh, a few lawsuits along the way, um, which I will um, not reference here, but you can read about them if you so desire. Uh, they did not turn out in favor of Intel. The so recently, uh, last week, AMD launched its uh, Ryzen 7. So the Ryzen 7, Ryzen uh, 5, and Ryzen 3 all compete with the uh, Intel i7, Intel i5, and Intel i3. Um, so that's how they get their monikers as such, um, and they range in price from $330 for the $1,700 to, the, to $500 for the $1,800X. Now, what they were looking to do with these chips is they were looking to do instruction, increase instructions per clock cycle. Um, that is where Intel has them beat ha and always has forever. Um, they marketed their Athlon XP processors, which was one of my first chips. 
<clears throat> that I purchased myself, they marketed that as think of Intel as taking a pile of sand one grain at a time and putting it into another pile. That is what their processor does. And it does it very quickly. AMD marketed theirs as like, we're going to take a dump truck, fill it up with a whole bunch of sand, and then make another pile. So they would do more things per one instruction, but they had a lower frequency. So it didn't do it as fast. Very different kind of modes of thinking. Well, And it's always been kind of recognized as being a lot less efficient. Yes, it's been recognized as a lot less efficient. It's also been recognized to create a ton more heat. I can can speak for that. So what their goal was with the Ryzen over their previous model was to increase their um, instructions per clock cycle by 40%. They made it to 52. So they have half again basically increased their speed of their processor and what it can do per clock cycle. So it's um, it's taken, uh, it's taken, I think, somebody by surprise. And it's worth noting here that these days, the instructions per clock increase from generation to generation has decreased significantly over the years to be normally in the range of five to ten percent so everyone was looking at the 40 percent goal as being very a lofty goal especially for amd um and so when they came out and said that they had hit 52 percent that was incredible now well what i will say is that this is all just the, any any article that's been ri- written about the Ryzen has been invited to AMD. There are no um, non-sanctioned ones. So they gave specific people the ability to write about them. So there's been no other testing other than in AMD facilities. That's fair. Um, and that embargo is lifted on the 2nd of March. Well, that's uh, when does it go on sale? March 2nd is when it is available to purchase. Okay, so the day that it goes on sale for purchase is the day that anyone can write about it. Correct. Gotcha. So Um, that's when we'll start seeing the, mm, let's call them, less biased sources taking a look at it. Correct, and and they're going to be people, excuse me, they're going to be people that, you know, and there, they might even be people that have to buy their own stuff to do it. It's not necessarily, you know, AMD might not necessarily give them one for free to do what they want with it. So um, right. those are always good to read as well. So on that note, um, there have been some interesting um, happenings after this was announced. Well, before you do that, why don't you kind of compare these the 1800x with say intel's highest end uh i7 processor um so it uses ddr4 um type of memory which it which it is you know available to use now the only the highest end motherboards could use ddr4 but now with the uh 3 5 and 7 you'll be able to use ddr4 
Ryzen 7 1800X is 3.6 gigahertz up to 4 gigahertz turbo uh, octa core, so eight cores. It uses um, a 95 95 watt chip. Three uh, the 1700X is 3.4 gigahertz up to 3.8 gigahertz turbo. Uh, eight core, 95 watt, and the 1700 is a three gigahertz up to 3.7 turbo with a 65 watt. Now, let me see if I can get a hold of these foolish comparisons here. Well, one of the biggest things that I wanted to point out was that the 1800X, um, according to benchmark tests, could be seen as better in some cases than uh, the Intel i7-6800K, which is one of Intel's highest-end chips. Um, and while the 1800X, the uh, Ryzen 7, comes in at $500, as you were saying, the Intel chip of similar caliber is uh, $1,200. Yes. And not only that, also the um, the TDP, which is the wattage rating of the chip, um, which I was explaining earlier, was 95, 95, and 65, respectively, between the 1800X and the 1700. Um, the core i7s are 140 watt, and with the lowest being 91 watts. So um, the clock speed on the Intel chip is still faster. Um, but because it's using more, because it's using, um, excuse me, because it has more instructions per clock, it's going to do more work. And that's the point. Per core, that is. Correct. But you have only, you have six cores on the Intel versus eight cores on the AMD, and it's using less power in the AMD. Correct. So. It's going to be, it's going to be, there's going to be some interesting battles happening here. And, to that end, you were going to say interesting things were happening uh, after this announcement came out. Yeah, so the interesting thing that I started, I, there was like this random article I saw, I think in Google Assistant or something, and it said uh, Intel slashing prices. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if they're going to slash prices even before, you know, it felt more like a rumor than anything else. Um but sure enough, you can look and some websites like Micro Center and other other places are have reduced their prices of certain chips um, that these, specifically the uh, Ryzen 7 is competing with. And nobody seems to know whether it's related to Intel or if it's just the main, just the, um, the sales outlet, you know, that's kind of like, oh, well, we don't want to lose... We don't want to. We don't want people to wait until the second to buy these things. So we would rather people purchase what they know is good now, or something. I don't know. It seems weird. So you don't know that this is actually Intel that is instructing their uh, sales outlets to lower the prices. You think that it could just be Micro Center and Amazon and Newegg and all those people lowering their prices and taking a hit in order to increase the excitement about these chips yeah i'm not i'm not exactly sure about it because 
that would suggest that the price of the chips to the retailers are like, you know, it would it would it would say that the retailers are either marking these things up incredibly, yeah, or that they are losing money on every chip, which I don't really think either is true. No, I mean because. I'm sure people buy them, but I don't think they're buying them in the hundreds when they purchase them, you know? So, um, especially from like micro center or new egg or something like that. I know, you know, I'm, I'm certain some people buy them in bulk, but you're not gonna, you don't buy them from micro center. If no. you're buying thousands of them. Right. I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm a little, a little curious, a little curious why, why all these rumor type things are, are floating around. Although I did see an article about Intel sending an email to some of their um, some of their partners, suggesting that they wait until the Ryzen release and the quote unquote unbiased reviews before they make any further decisions about you know whatever they're doing. So I thought that was funny. That is interesting. I mean, uh, I, I was I was reading that it's not uncommon for Intel to reach out to their partners when uh, AMD does something like that when they when a competitor comes out with some a new product. But it's hard to not believe at this point that AMD isn't feeling the. I mean, excuse me, that Intel isn't feeling the the fire to their to their feet here. Um, it you know they're they're competing with now a much more competitive chip in the desktop space. They're looking at the possibility of um, of ARM chips coming to laptops, and they already lost in the mobile world. So right. Um, I mean, you have to imagine that they are wondering what the future of their company looks like, and at least. Uh, being slightly concerned about it yeah it's it's looking um yeah it's looking like certain stores are um it shows that there you can save certain amount of money you know save ninety dollars save eighty dollars so the for instance the seventy the i seven seventy seven hundred k uh which would compete with the uh, 1700 uh, non X, excuse me, the 1700 Ryzen. They reduced the price to 299, so it's $30 cheaper than the Ryzen in this particular image that that this article has shown on TechSpot. But, um, so pretty, uh, pretty juicy times here coming up. <laughs> yeah, a good time to be building a new PC if that's something you're into. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, anything else you want to say about this before we wrap? No, I think that covers it. I'm I'm excited to see if if there's anything else in MWC and uh, if anybody out there is excited about uh, anything that they've seen there. But um, I'm just I'm just excited about the uh, Ryzen when I can when I can afford something again. I will certainly be looking at that to build something with. Yeah, I just bought. I just built my computer uh, three years ago. 
I'm not sure I'm ready for a refresh. It's still doing pretty well. I still um, I'm still able to run Skype every week without it crashing. So we've I've got that going for me. Zing. Um. <laughs> um <laughs> and on that on that note, um, I think it's a good time to quit. Uh, we didn't actually go too terribly long. I thought we were gonna go longer. I kind of sped through the Mobile World Congress stuff, but I'm sure we'll have more to talk about next week. Um, so, yeah, um, we are always looking for your, uh, feedback and your ideas and so forth and so on on Twitter. You can tweet at us at Podcast. You can tweet at me at It's Shibi. And you can tweet at me at G-U-I-D-O-T-42 on Twitter. And there you go. And you can email us at techispodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for joining us yet again this week. And we'll see you in the next one. Peace. See ya.